0: Ephatha, Be Opened by Barbara Smith A European translator, Antoine Gillard, is accredited for bringing the story of Alibaba and the Forty Thieves to us somewhere between 1704 and 1717 in the Arabian Nights series However, many versions of the story of the two Persian brothers can be seen from the 18th century on. Knowing where hidden treasure is and knowing how to access it are two entirely different things. One of the brothers, Qasim, married a wealthy bride and the other, Ali Baba, married a poor girl. After their dad had passed away, Cassim seemed to have all he needed and continue running his father's business while Alibaba and his family struggled. Alibaba overheard a group of thieves one day going into their secret cave to admire their treasure and became privy to the words that were used to open the cave. To open you would say open sesame and to close it you would say close sesame. When they had left, he took advantage of his new found knowledge and went into the cave that was filled with gold and took a sack of coins home with him. The thieves did not miss this bag, so all was well until Casim learned of his secret, went to the cave and tried to take so much gold that when the thieves arrived, it was obvious to them that someone had learned the code. After Qasim had loaded up all of the gold, he got to the door of the cave, but had forgotten the magic words to get out of the cave. Because of Kasim's greed, through a series of events, he was killed and lost everything, while Ali Baba, through his wisdom and the help of his friends, was able to thwart off the attempts of the thieves to kill him and his family. All forty thieves were killed, and he got the family business back he and his entire family for generations were able to live without any cares in the world happily and comfortably because of the gold that they had access to by using the magic words The world we live in is full of codes and passwords. You cannot open your phone, computer, or car door without having a secret passcode, or correct face, or correct fingerprints. These are annoying at times, but they are there for our protection. We do not want just anyone coming in and opening our information, documents, private conversations, or property. Thus was the case with Alibaba. He overheard them saying the password. At my job, they are constantly admonishing us about the sensitive materials and other people's information that we have in our possession and the urgency of protecting it. We are not supposed to say our passwords aloud, share them with anyone, or write them down where others can find them and use them unlawfully and wrongly. But who could honestly say that they have never forgotten their passwords, just like Chasm? Unfortunately, abracadabra from the Aramaic meaning, I create as I speak, does not work for opening our computers or our pickle jars for that matter. I sure wish that it did work for the latter. We must create our own password using the instructions given, then adhere to the precautions given and suffer the consequences if we choose to veer from them. In Greek mythology, Hesiod, a poet from around 750-650 to B.C., wrote his version of Adam and Eve's story. Pandora was the first woman to exist, he states, made by Zeus from earth and water. She was given to one of the Titan brothers, Prometheus, by Zeus to wed as a punishment for stealing fire from heaven. One day she opened the beautiful container that had been gifted to her but put in her husband's charge. She had no knowledge of what was in it, but curiosity got the best of her. Sickness, death, and many other unforeseen evils such as war, vices, toil, greed, and hatred began to emerge and cause problems in the world. She quickly closed the box when her understanding was open to what was happening. Only one thing was left in the box. Some translate it as hope, however others say it is just a form of deceptive expectation something not attainable. Hesiod's story is lengthy and has been portrayed and referenced in movies, theaters, and paintings over centuries and cultures, and has held varying interpretations. We still use the expression today, Pandora's box, as something to shy away from because we have no idea what will happen if we engage in that purchase or that activity or that thought process. We might also say today, don't open up that can of worms, meaning that this situation could lead to unforeseen and complicated issues, unexpected unpleasantries that could be avoided if left well enough alone. This could be considered the modern-day version of Pandora's box being opened concerning any particular situation or issue. As a Hebrew text now known to us as the Bible states in Genesis 1, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, all living creatures including man and woman, and he then gave them one directive to follow in Genesis 2, verses 16 through 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat thereof thou shalt surely die. The story of Eve and Pandora have a couple of similarities, one being curiosity. Eve wanted to try the fruit, to go through with it. She had to have a conversation with the enemy, and find justification for her actions. Genesis 3 1-6 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said ye should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shalt ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Not everything with a lid needs to be opened. God knew that once their eyes were opened to the knowledge of good and evil, it would be toxic to them, and they began to die from that day forward things come with instructions for a purpose flammable materials bear the labels do not open over an open flame or hazardous waste materials might state toxic do not open and a private court document would say not to be opened except by addressee and the list goes on. We know Eve had the instructions because she repeated them to the serpent. Though her comprehension was a little askew, she knew the consequences, yet she did eat of the forbidden tree anyway, and they lost everything. The only thing left was hope. I am thankful that in our story Galatians 4, 4 tells us, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son. Romans 5, 5-8 tells us, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into His grace, wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet pre for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commends His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Some things are meant to be open like hope the subsequent action following his death and burial is what allows that hope to be applied to our individual lives in redemption. The grave is opened and Jesus arose and is alive forevermore. This is what separated the true and living God of the Bible from the mythological gods. There can be spiritual and physical openings that take place in our lives when we say, God has opened the door for me, that declaration is meaning that He has made a way for something to happen in our lives that we did not expect. Jesus tells us to pray about things in our lives and He says He will respond. Matthew 7, 7-12 through 12 tells us, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and he who knocks it shall be opened. For what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father the which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them for this is the law and the prophets however keep in mind Jesus personal example of prayer is in Luke 22:42, saying father if thou be willing remove this cup from me nevertheless not my will but thine be done Always give God the leeway to do His will in our lives. He is omniscient and our loving Father, with our best interest at heart. If a door is closed to us, it may not be to restrict us, but to protect us. If you insist that God open a door for you that is closed, locked, boarded up, etc., these should be your signs however he may do it for you but you may be opening pandora's box and have many consequences to face because of it we may also say he opened my eyes to the truth of his word this is meaning we have had a light bulb moment or a revelation and opening of our understanding not really having to do with our physical eyes at all this happened in the story told in second kings six eleven through seventeen when the king of Syria was perplexed he did not know how the armies of God always knew his moves before he made them it says therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing and he called his servant and said unto them Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that thou speak in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go, and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots, and a great host. And they came by night, and could pass the city about." And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth behold a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots and his servant said unto him alas my master how shall we do and he answered fear not for they that be with us are more than they that be with them And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What he saw was the spiritual host of God that had come to protect them and fight for them this brings to mind a new testament scripture also found in romans eight thirty one through thirty two what shall we say then to these things if god before us who can be against us he that spareth not his own son but delivered him up for all of us how shall he not with him also freely give us all things the promises of the true living god gives us earnest hope not a deceitful deceptive unattainable void but actual hope, substance. Like Elisha told his servant, Fear not, for they that be with us be more than they that be with them. When the miracle worker a.k.a. Jesus is near, there is always an opening that takes place, spiritually, emotionally, or physically. Matthew 20 verses 29 through 34 tells us of one such time and as they departed from Jericho a great multitude followed him and behold two blind men sitting by the wayside when they heard that Jesus passed by cried out saying have mercy on us O Lord thou son of David and the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them, and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them, and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. One touch of his hand, and they received their sight. Was this possibly the first fingerprint recognition password? He created all things, therefore he has access, authority, knowledge, and the ability to correct any glitches. But was this a glitch? No, it was an intentional bug in the system so that God could receive the glory when the miracle came. He is his own IT tech. We see another opening in Mark 7 verses 32 through 35, And they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, Ephphatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the The string of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plain. I love that Jesus, because of his sensitivity of what he was going to do, spitting that is, he pulled the man aside. What a great verse to go with lessons on manners, etiquette, professionalism, etc. Topics maybe for another time. However, here again we see the fingers of Jesus opening ears and loosing tongues. Thinking of his hands of compassion makes me think of the beautiful poem by Myra Brooks Welch, called The Touch of the Master's Hand. It is worth sharing. Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin, but held it up with a smile. What am I bidden, good folks? he cried, Who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, then two, only two. Two dollars, and who will make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three. But no, from the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then, wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening the loose strings, he played a melody pure and sweet as caroling angels sing. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said what am i bid for the old violin and he held it up with the bow a thousand dollars and who'll make it two two thousand and who'll make it three three thousand once three thousand twice and going going gone the people cheered but some of them cried we do not quite understand what changed its worth swift came the reply the touch of the master's hand. As many a man with life out of tune, and battered and scarred with sin, is auctioned cheap to the thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin, a mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He is going once, and going twice, he's going and almost gone. But the Master comes and the foolish crowd never quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that is wrought by the touch of the Master's hand. Though Jesus is not with us physically, we enjoy His presence through the experience of the Holy Ghost. He is still opening doors for us daily. Peter experienced this first hand not long after Jesus had ascended into heaven. Herod had begun to persecute the saints. Acts 12 verses 5 through 17 tells his story. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing for the church unto God for him, and when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came forth unto him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands, and the angel came Angel said unto him gird thyself and bind on thy sandals and so he did and he saith unto him cast thy garment about thee and follow me and he went out and followed him and did not realize that it was true which was done by the angel but thought he saw a vision when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city which opened to them on his own accord must be that the angel of the lord's password setting was on face recognition And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda, and when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad, but she consistently affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is an angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, and saw him, they were astonished. But he beckoning them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, shew these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Sometimes God opens doors for us, but it takes us and others a little longer to see, realize, and acknowledge it, to be able to thereby move forward often we need to close a door behind us before we can move forward toward the next door that is open in front of us as in peter's case this can happen in circumstances of trials and tribulations loss and grief unmet expectations and disillusions or stagnation and stalemate John the Revelator saw what will be open to the righteous in the future. Revelations four verse one says, Behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up thither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. First Thessalonians four, sixteen through eighteen tells us, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, when we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Graves will be opened. Revelations 19, 6-16 states, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they, which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb and he saith unto me these are the true sayings of God our passcode to the marriage supper is not a self-created memorized series of digits letters or symbols but we will be given access through an authorized code given to us by God it is the Holy Ghost that quickening spirit of Christ Romans 8 verse 11 says but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you first corinthians fifteen verse forty five concurs and so it is written the first adam was made a living soul and the last adam was made a quickening spirit there is no magical formula or words like abracadabra that will get us into heaven. Just as you are authorized by your job to view certain documents and open specific files, so the Spirit of God gives us access to His power and to His kingdom. Acts 1 verse 8 states, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We must follow the instructions and directives that are given so that we do not lose our authorization. As we see in Romans 8 verse 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The good news of the Gospel is that hope is offered to everyone. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, should not perish but have everlasting life colossians one twenty three through twenty seven admonishes us if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages and from generation but now is made manifest and opened up to his saints to whom god would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the gentiles which is christ in you the hope of glory Romans 8:24 confirms this, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why doth he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we have patience to wait for it. Pandora's box may have been opened with all of its evil, but hope remains. And we have the word of God which provides us the passcodes to access it. Ephatha, be opened.